All right, welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson. And today I'm going to do something just a little different. And hopefully um, it will spark some conversation. Um, there's two um, biblical teachers that I really enjoy. And I listen to both of them. I've actually had uh, one of them on my show. Um, I'm actually trying to get the other one to come on and uh, share uh, their wonderful insight. Uh, about the Bible and about the things of God. Um, and they are two respected teachers, but on a particular topic, they have opposing views. And today I want to kind of uh, just put, not them against each other, but kind of examine their views on the subject of are there modern day apostles? Now, one I agree with wholeheartedly, and the other one I I I shudder to think that I disagree with them because most of 90% of the things that they put out, I enjoy and I've used and they've been an impact on my life. And so uh, I'm going to put these two up against each other uh, in the sense that um, they have opposing ideas on the question of, are there modern day apostles? <clears throat> and so first up, we are going to um, listen to uh, some audio uh, from a clip of uh, Dr. Michael Brown from Ask uh, Dr. Brown. And this is a man I respect a lot. I actually was hoping to get him uh, on my podcast. I wasn't able to do it, scheduling difficulties, but I still wanted to do this particular segment. And so I figured I'd put uh, them uh, kind of side by side, Dr. Michael Brown and uh, Pastor Mike Winger. Pastor Mike Winger has been on my podcast before, did an incredible teaching on what the Bible says about alcohol, um, wasn't able to get him back on. these. Both of these men have incredibly busy schedules, but I do want to examine uh, their views on this particular point. And uh, they both have some short clips uh, that we can listen to uh, to see uh, what their thoughts are. And so first up, uh, we're going to listen to uh, Dr. Michael Brown, are there modern day apostles? You know, we're used to people being called pastor, in some cases being called evangelist, or someone being identified as a gifted teacher. But what about apostles? Do apostles exist today? What does the scripture say? Now, without question, there are no apostles today who were like the 12 apostles okay so i'm gonna stop there and i'm just gonna uh kind of say a few words about that that uh so far is perfect it's dead on as a matter of fact um most people would agree with that a hundred percent i think both um uh mike winger and uh dr brown agree on this most um scholars would agree on this because when we examine the criteria for being an apostle of Christ in Acts chapter one, uh, verses 21 through uh, 26, it is clear that no one alive today could fit the criteria. As a matter of fact, um, most of the apostles even then 
did not fit that criteria, which means that the 12 or the 11 plus Matthias were a unique group of people that could not be reproduced. And so I'm going to read this to you in Acts chapter 1, verse verses uh, 21 through 26. It says, therefore, of these men who have accompanied us uh, all the time that Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabas, whose surname was Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, O Lord, who knows the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry, the apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. And so here the criteria to be a part of that 12 the apostles of Christ is that you had to be there from the baptism of Christ. That's when John the Baptist baptized him, uh, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, uh, the voice from heaven spoke. You had to be there at that time, all the way to the point where he was taken up. And that's when the two men were sitting by and they said that Jesus, uh, you have seen taken up uh, the same way he was taken up. He'll be, he'll return. So don't worry. You'll see him again. And so from his baptism to his ascension, you had to be there. And there were only two guys they found that met that, met that criteria. Now, I don't know if those were the only people that met that criteria, but these were the two that names that were put forth, okay? And so these two names, uh, uh, Justice or Joseph, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. Matthias was the one who was chosen. And so that was the 12 there, and there are no... There were no other apostles in the Bible like those individuals. All right, let's see what else Dr. Brown has to say. Like Paul and the 12, remember, they had to have seen Jesus in his ministry and then be witnesses to his crucifixion and his resurrection. And they had unique authority. And some of them wrote scripture. So certainly there are no apostles today as there were apostles back then. But it's interesting. If you look in the New Testament, you'll see that others were also called apostles. For example, in Acts 14, Barnabas is called an apostle. Okay, so let's look at Barnabas. In Acts 14, 14, it lists Barnabas right next to Paul as an apostle. And so in Acts chapter 14, Verse 14, it says, but when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard this, they tore their clothes and ran among the multitude. Now, there's a debate on Paul's apostleship and when he became an apostle, but both Barnabas and Paul had hands laid on them, and they were sent out by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 13. Now, nothing happens between Acts chapter 13 and Acts chapter 14, except for they go on their mission trip. But by Acts chapter 14, verse 14, Barnabas is now an apostle. Paul is now an apostle. And we don't know uh, where the transition happened, except it has to be Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, where they prayed and fasted 
They laid hands. The Holy Spirit said, separate Paul and Barnabas to me for the work that I have. And then he they were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Now, the word apostle, uh, apostolos, means one who is sent means one who is sent. That is the simple understanding of that word. Apart from the 12, which everybody agrees, there are no more like that original group. Even Paul is kind of a different apostle than they are, you know, because he saw the, the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. But I, I don't know that that counts as being like the 12. He's still different from the 12. Barnabas doesn't have the testimony of seeing the risen Lord on the road to Damascus or anywhere, but yet he is called an apostle. And so that's interesting. And so uh, we'll go on and see what else Dr. Brown has to say. And an apostle was simply an emissary, a sent one. These were pioneers. These were planters. These were spiritual fathers. The question is, do these kind of people exist in the body today that could be called emissaries or small a apostles now here's all right i'm gonna stop it again and you're probably like why you keep stopping it well because uh, dr brown says something here that i think is interesting he said those that be that can be called small a apostles now here's a significant discovery in in in, in studying um the idea of apostles is that nowhere in scripture do any of these apostles have a capital a even when I read here in Acts chapter 14, and you get your Bible, you get your Bible and read this. Actually, we'll go back. We'll go all the way back um, to, the, to, to the beginning. Let's go all the way back when Jesus first chooses his apostles. Let's go back to Matthew uh, chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Um, and this is where Jesus chooses the 12 apostles. And in Matthew chapter 10, Verse 10, it says, and when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast out, to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these in my Bible and in every translation I've ever picked up. The term apostle there is lowercase. It is lowercase. So I, I'm, I'm wondering why Dr. Brown uses the term uh, uh, lowercase when all apostles are lowercase except for one individual in scripture. Are you ready for this? And, and you can check me, you know, um, uh, this is a live premiere. And so you should be able to go right into the comments right here in the live, click that live button and interact with me. Take a, you know, make your comments. Uh, 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 let me know that you're out there. But if you can find somewhere in scripture where apostle, apostle Paul, apostle Peter, any of them, their name is followed with a capital A for apostle, then I'll retract my statement. But until then, none of the apostles had an uppercase A. They were all lowercase. Every time the term apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, are, are, are used, it is lowercase because, uh, because they are human beings. But watch this. I'm going to show you something significant. Watch this. In Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, go there with me. Hopefully you got your Bible out. Go there with me. Check, check me out. 
Don't just believe what I say. Check me out in Hebrews chapter three, verse one. It says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. That right there, the apostle and high priest. The apostle is capital A, and that's the only place you're going to see a capital A for apostle, because that's the only apostle that gets a capital A. All the rest of them are lowercase. They're lowercase. Now, check me. Make, you know, go ahead and drop your comments. If you disagree, go ahead and drop your comments. But I, I'm just, it's, I, just was, I thought it was interesting that uh, Dr. Brown used that terminology. So let's go on. Let's hear what else he's got to say. The most interesting verse on this, Ephesians the fourth chapter, it tells us in verse 11 that the risen Jesus appointed some to be apostles, others prophets, then evangelists, then pastors and teachers. Now, it's until, if you keep reading a few verses after, it is until we come into full maturity. Okay, so he says, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it says, and he gave himself and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come to the unity of the faith uh, of the knowledge of the son of god to a perfect man to the measure and the stature uh, of the fullness of christ and so th th this right here the apostle paul teaches that uh, the gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are to mature the body of Christ. Remember, the apostle Paul is one who believed that he was preparing the body of Christ to meet Christ. He's preparing the bride for the bridegroom. And so these giftings that Jesus himself, you can read it, that Jesus himself gave this these gifts, and these are grace gifts. These are empowerments sent by the Lord Jesus after he ascended, he released these gifts to the body of Christ. And there's the terminology here says until. Now, some people say that until is to, until the Bible is finished. Until is till, but the Bible is not teaching that. It, it literally says till we all come to the unity of, of the faith, to the measure and the stature of Christ, to a perfect man, Right. And that has not happened, and that will not happen, which tells us that these giftings must go on until we are before Christ. We will need these particular giftings all the way to the end, y'all, all the way to the end. And so this is a powerful and very compelling verse of scripture here. And uh, I can't wait to get to um, Mike Winger's uh, objection to this, because he is uh, he is solidly against this, and his argument is uh, interesting. And so let's let Dr. Michael Brown finish, and then we're going to get to Mike Winger. Without division, without being moved by every wind of doctrine, well, we're not there yet. And the most natural reading of the Greek, as I understand it, is that these things, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, continue until we reach full maturity. To me... It's mainly an issue of terminology. For example, I look at a Hudson Taylor, who was the pioneer of the China Inland Mission. I look at what he did in the 1800s, or, or I, I look at someone like William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. These, to me, were apostolic men. 
raised up by God as pioneers and planters and fathers of movements. I look at my friend in India, Brother Yesu Padam, uh, a man who was once a, a violent terrorist atheist, and Jesus wonderfully saved him and transformed him, and he was a Naxalite communist in India. And, and he has since planted over 7,000 churches in tribal regions and established ministries all over India, and now in other nations. He would never take the title of apostle, but I look at him as a truly apostolic man in the body whose ministry is also marked by the power of God. So are there apostles in the capital A sense, like the 12? Are they around today? No, no, certainly not. Are there people who are apostles in the sense of emissaries, pioneers, planters with that powerful anointing and a certain divine authority and backing? I say certainly yes. Okay. So Dr. Michael Brown was in the affirmative. He says, yes, of course there is. Um, now let's see with a respected teacher and wonderful man of God. I love Mike Winger. Let's see what he has to say on this particular subject. Question, let's just dig right in. And it comes from a person named Anonymous. And the question is, have you heard of the five-fold ministry way of thinking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers exercising those gifts today? And if so, what are your thoughts about this? Well, I do have some thoughts to share with you guys. And um, I know it's gonna ruffle some feathers and I'm okay with that. Um, that's not my intention though. I just wanna be honest, okay? And, and as I say these things, I, I want to remind you that I am not the perfect source of biblical knowledge. The Bible's the perfect source of biblical knowledge, but I'm going to give you the best answer I can, and I encourage you to weigh it and consider it and think about it. Don't just think, here's Mike's answer, therefore it's mine, but rather go on the journey with me of trying to, trying to examine how I come to my answer. And I mean, critically think, is, is Mike giving me a good, robust biblical response to this thing, or are there other scriptures that might change your mind? Feel free to disagree with me, uh, because our goal here is to think biblically about everything, not just to um, think the way Mike thinks. You know, the way that when I say Bible thinkers in my ministry, that's because that's what I want to be, but it's also what I want you to be as a Bible thinker. All right, so question one is about this verse right here, Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 13. Let me just read it to you, and I'll tell you how those, in a some, only some, in the charismatic movement, only some, because like I'm, I, I don't do this, and the people I've been involved with don't do this, but some in the charismatic movement take this and talk about something called a five-fold ministry. So here it says, speaking of Jesus, he gave some to be apostles, um, or excuse me, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So let me give it to you the way that I hear it used from those who hold to what they call fivefold ministry. They say, you know, there's these five groups. They usually say five, some people say four. And here they are, they're listed here. Okay, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, or pastors, and teachers. And these five groups are supposed to equip the church, and there's an until, until we all attain to, to this unity of the faith, this maturity, this incredible stature of the fullness of Christ. And then the, the case goes like this. Look, the church has not yet entered verse 13. We, we're not yet that, that strong. We're not yet that unified. We're not yet that mature. We don't have the fullness of the stature of Christ and all that. 
So this is this is interesting, you know, that Mike Winger goes right to the same verse that Dr. Michael Brown used, and he almost is poking fun at 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 what the verse is saying because what he's saying that others are saying that it says it actually says it. All you have to do is read it. It actually says exactly what's being said that until we all obtain to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the son of God, to a mature man, to the measure and the fullness of the stature of Christ, that, that that's how long these gifts are supposed to be around until. And so he's actually poking fun of it, fun of it. Like it's not there. And I don't understand. I love Mike Winger. I'm like, why is he, why, why, why is he doing that? But let, let's hear more. Let's see. Let's see what else he has to say. And so we still need all five of these ministry things to function. We need not just pastors, teachers, evangelists. We also need apostles and we need, a pro we need prophets, modern apostles and modern prophets. I'm going to focus on the apostles part today. And that's how the reasoning works. And um, I want to say what happens next is they'll then offer long, detailed teachings of what apostles are do in the church today and what their role is in the church because most churches don't have any apostolic role they have nobody who's called an apostle and so what they'll do is they'll try to like carve out a place in the organizational structure of a church where apostles fit now here's what's interesting <laughs> you know just listening to this is that when you read your bible right the most dominant leader in the churches are apostles apostles were really the leaders of the churches and the apostles would put in place elders bishops overseers deacons right the apostles would position these people there and so uh, having an apostle over a church with a small a and anybody who's reading this read this verse apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers are all lowercase there are no uppercase here and, and I believe that it's that way because these are functions. These are not titles to be, you know, carried around and like, look, I'm an apostle. No, it's a job that you're supposed to be doing, especially the apostle. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later after Mike makes uh, some more of his argument. And um, it gets fuzzy. And, and depending on who you talk to, if, if you talk to one person whom I, I love and respect, but I think I disagree on, on this topic somewhat, the Dr. Michael Brown, um, then you're going to get one definition of apostle here. If you talk to like C. Peter Wagner and the people who were part of his NAR, sort of you know, his movement, then you're going to get a different, very different definition of apostle that has a lot more authority and a lot more like dogmatic control. Um, but, but. Is it biblical? Is, is, is it justified? Is this verse in Ephesians really telling us that there are supposed to be apostles in the churches throughout time? And I think the answer is no, not really. And here's, here's my reasoning. Um, yes, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers are going to equip the saints, right? And that's going to continue. We're still being equipped, I would say, even by those apostles, prophets. But how do they do it? Is it because there's successors you know there's continuing apostles that are active in the church today as as the mormons would say as the roman catholics would actually say as as the um sort of some charismatics would say um i don't even know if it's the majority prob probably the minority I'm, I'm not sure but i think if you look at ephesians and you look at the task we look at verse chapter 2 verse 20 same book so it's giving us context this is where apostles and prophets comes up again in the same book 
it says that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. That's interesting because that means that the church itself has a foundation, and that foundation was laid by the apostles and prophets in their work, and Jesus himself is the cornerstone. But now we're being built. That implies that the apostles and prophets have a different function than the pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And okay, and so <laughs> this this really surprised me because Mike Winger is so solid. I man, I love Mike. Mike Winger is so solid, but he went backwards. So he gave Ephesians chapter four first, and then went backwards uh, to Ephesians chapter two. Now, there's no way that you can put Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 there, if you mean in Ephesians chapter 2, that apostles and prophets were foundational and they were no longer going to be used going forward. It, th this is interesting because it this verse makes Ephesians 4, 11, irrelevant. If this verse means what Brother Mike is saying that it means, then chapter 4 is irrelevant. Why would Paul do that? Why would he even put that in there if he's saying here that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together uh, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God, uh, for God by the spirit. And so uh, built on the foundation of the apostles, apostles and prophets. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Well, the apostles were the first um, ministers of the church. What did the apostles do? They went out and they preached the gospel and they established communities. Now, why can't they still be the foundation for the churches today, that they still go out, preach the gospel, and establish communities, that that's how churches are birthed, by church planters, by people who have the spiritual gift of denying themselves, uh, giving up careers, giving up um, stability to go out and establish church communities, and prophets, prophets are the church accountability. They preach uh, uh, the word of God to um, encourage, to comfort, to build up the body of Christ, to remind us of who we are in Christ. Uh, because when you think about it in the New Testament, you really don't see a whole lot of prophets um, uh, uh, like doing work, but you see Paul teaching on what prophets did. Prophets taught, prophets brought revelation, prophets and and you can go and look at um first corinthians chapter 14 and he kind of breaks down uh what the prophets do um in the churches but their foundational uh position is that they are number they're one and two and i don't think that that is a hierarchy but if you look in in your bible and you go to uh first corinthians chapter 12 and you look at verse 28 here's what it says it says, um, actually, let's go back. Let's go back to verse, yeah, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, 
After that, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administrations, variety of tongues, so forth and so on. God is appointed. So in the foundation, God appointed apostles and prophets as the, the, the main um, starters of everything. He didn't put them there, build a church on top of it, and then they disappear. Because if that was the case, then why would Paul write Ephesians chapter 4? So let's see what Mike has to say about that. Probably in that verse in Ephesians 4, pastor-teacher is one thing. You can think of it as more of a hyphenated thing, pastor-teacher. That's how the ESV has it. Um, these are pastors who teach, right? Not pastors on one hand, teachers on another. Not that there can't be a variety of people with different types of gifts and stuff like that. The body of Christ has tons of variety. All I'm saying is Ephesians 4.13, uh, sorry, Ephesians 4.11 um, through 13 I don't think that this gives us justification for saying that we're supposed to have modern apostles in the body of Christ today. I don't think so. I think that that verse doesn't do that. So then there's a problem there because there's a whole apostolic movement going on that uses this verse in Ephesians to justify modern, you need apostles. in your. And so obviously <laughs> Mike Winger is uh, again against they're being modern apostles. Um, whose argument do you think is, is more compelling? You know, I, I, I tend to slant towards doc, Dr. Michael Brown because I believe that there actually is no evidence in Ephesians chapter four that there's a ceasing of the need for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Just the same way that um, Brother Mike here um, says that he doesn't see any evidence that there should be a continuation of them. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? What do you, uh, you know, uh, make sure you, you drop something in the comments. This is live chat, so you can go right in there. Um, you're watching the Love That Neighbor Podcast Network. Um, just jump right in there. And so here's some things that uh, I want to just, you know, throw out there is that when, when you're looking at this argument, it almost seems like there's an agenda um, pushing this argument, because if we just read the Bible, I don't think we would ever come to a conclusion that there's a cessation of any giftings, that there was a, that there's even a need to argue this. So I, I really would like to know what is the real argument? What are, what are people really arguing about? Because there's no need to not have an apostle over a church. There's no need to not have prophets speaking forth the word of God. There's no need to not have evangelists going uh, out preaching the gospel and bringing people into the family of God. There's no need for there to be a pastor teacher instead of pastors and teachers. There's no need to categorize them. Why can't we accept what the word of God is teaching there? And so hopefully uh, if you're watching and you drop down in the chat uh, what you think about this, I, I just don't think that there's any evidence for uh, there to be this cessation of the modern day apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I think we need all five giftings because they do different things. And, and I think what I want to do is I want to do a follow-up, you know, because what happens is one of the arguments is there are people who have taken these titles and they're using these titles as ways to control people, as ways to manipulate people, as ways to 
uh, um, um, make extra biblical revelation um, work because I'm an apostle. So I can say this and I can say that. And that's not scriptural. The, the Bible is not teaching that. So we don't eliminate apostles and prophets because somebody is teaching something false. We just call out the false teacher. We just tell them to say that that's not true. That's not what an apostle is. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul gives us marks for ministry. He actually shows us uh, in scripture what it looks like to actually walk in the ministry of the apostle. And if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and begin reading at verse 3, and I'm going to read out of the ESV, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm reading at uh, verse 3. It says, but we put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in affliction, hardships, calamity, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity and knowledge and patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness on the right and on the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet true, as known yet well-known, as dying, behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. And so this is these are the marks of the, 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 the ministers of the first century church. The reason why people struggle with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is because people have used the title apostle or prophet for their own gain. They're not using that. They're, they're, not, they're not being called into that title to suffer and to give up their life so that their life can be poured out so that others can know the Lord. Most people who use that title are walking proudly with entourages and they're flying in private jets and they're living in fancy houses and they're preaching word of faith and prosperity gospel. And instead of us calling those people out, as Paul did, he called them uh, super flurious apostles, right? We go to uh, 2 Corinthians, what is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I believe. Yes, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, he begins to talk about how, these people, they call themselves apostles, verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5, indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. If I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way, we have made this plain to you in all things. Or did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel to you free of charge. I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. This is the marks of apostles. This is, this is the marks. There's a humility. There's not this arrogance or self-exhortation. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul would go and preach places and not take anything from those people because he's being supported by other churches to go there. The apostle Paul was a missionary, y'all. That's what the modern apostle is today. They live life as a missionary. 
they don't, they're not living good. If that person's living good, then they're one of those super apostles. And the person who's actually doing the work of apostle, they, they must not think that they're inferior to these super apostles because those individuals aren't apostles. They're not apostles of Christ. They're imposters. And so Paul calls them out a long time ago, and that's what we need to do. We don't, we don't need to eliminate apostles. We need to call out the false ones and look to see where the true ones are, the people who are giving up their life to go preach the gospel, who will give up comfort to go preach the gospel, who will do it for free because uh, they, 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 uh, preaching the gospel is more important than a paycheck, than a payday. And that's tough because most people in this modern era won't do that. And so that's my argument for uh, are there modern day apostles um, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this and, and with your questions, your comments uh, in the chat or in the comment section, I would love to get back to you and, and, and talk more about this. And so make sure you, you drop a comment and you can support, you can support by hitting that little heart button that says, thank you. And thank you so much. If you do that, you can join this channel, click on there and join this channel. And within the chat, you can support you can give a, a super a super support right there in the chat. And so I uh, thank you and I appreciate you. Uh, love you all. And God bless you. Remember to love the Lord your, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.